welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the sixth Sunday of Easter. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and and on on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, Have mercy on us, for you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. Grant, Almighty God, that we may celebrate with heartfelt devotion these days of joy, which we keep in honour of the risen Lord, and that what we relive in remembrance we may always hold on to in what we do. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Philip went to a Samaritan town and proclaimed the Christ to them. The people united in welcoming the message Philip preached either because they had heard of the miracles he worked or because they saw them for themselves. There were, for example, unclean spirits that came shrieking out of many who were possessed, and several paralytics and cripples were cured. As a result, there was great rejoicing in that town. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, They sent Peter and John to them, and they went down there and prayed for the Samaritans to receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had not come down on any of them. They had only been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Cry out with joy to God, all the earth. 
O sing to the glory of his name. O render him glorious praise. Say to God, how tremendous your deeds. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Before you all the earth shall bow, shall sing to you, sing to your name. Come and see the works of God, tremendous his deeds among men. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river dry shod. Let our joy then be in him. He rules forever by his might. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Come and hear all who fear God. I will tell what he did for my soul. Blessed be God who did not reject my prayer, nor withhold his love from me. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. A reading from the first letter of St. Peter. Reverence the Lord Christ in your hearts, and always have your answer ready for people who ask you the reason for the hope that you all have. But give it with courtesy and respect, and with a clear conscience, so that those who slander you when you are living a good life in Christ may be proved wrong in the accusations that they bring. And if it is the will of God that you should suffer, it is better to suffer for doing right than for doing wrong. Why Christ himself, innocent though he was, had died once for sins, died for the guilty, to lead us to God. In the body he was put to death, in the spirit he was raised to life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. All who love me will keep my words, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I shall ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever, that spirit of truth whom the world can never receive, since it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him, because he is with you, he is in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come back to you. In a short time the world will no longer see me, but you will see me, because I live, and you will live. On that day, you will understand that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Anybody who receives my commandments and keeps them will be one who loves me. And anybody who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I shall love him and show myself to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So the church is whetting our appetite for the great feast of Pentecost, which is coming. We're still in the Easter season for sure, but already we're beginning to look with anticipation to the gift of the Holy Spirit, which comes upon the apostles at Pentecost. And in the gospel today, our Lord Jesus says, look, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. 
I shall ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever, that spirit of truth whom the world can never receive since it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him because he is with you. He is in you. We're getting a sniff of Pentecost. And Christ, he's about to ascend to the Father, but he assures us that we will not be left orphans because the Holy Spirit is coming. A few years ago, I remember talking to an older couple and they were very faithful Catholics, Mass every Sunday, regular prayer and all that. And they asked me a question that perhaps is one that's crossed all of our minds at some point or another. What exactly is the Holy Spirit and what does he do? Their point was that Jesus had already done all the hard work in picking up the cross and in suffering and dying and rising again. So so what's the Holy Spirit got to do with it? And I suppose I've got a bit of sympathy for that question because, you know, when we talk about Jesus, we can point to a visible human being. We can perceive more easily what he did for us, what his mission was, how he taught and healed and suffered and died to redeem us. So what's left for the Holy Spirit? Well, the most basic thing to say about the Holy Spirit is that he is the love between the Father and the Son. Now, I don't want to get into a lesson on theology about the Trinity, but think of it this way. That the Holy Spirit is the love that is breathed back and forth between the Father and the Son. Spiritus Sanctus in Latin means holy breath. It's where we get the word respiration from. And in the gospel today, Jesus, he's sitting in the upper room with his disciples the night before he's to suffer. And he tells them that he, the son, he's returning to the father and the father and the son will send this spirit, this breath of love upon them. That the disciples will be drawn into that most intimate relationship between the father and the son, that shared breath between them. So what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit draws us into that eternal exchange of love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, love, it's fruitful. It flows outwards. By analogy, the love of a husband and wife isn't something that's locked up between the two of them as if their relationship were a closed circle. But this love of spouses overflows in fruitfulness. They become a blessing to the world around them. As a couple, they bring new life into the world until finally, according to God's good plan, it may lead ultimately to the gift of a new life. Well, it's the same with the love that is the Holy Spirit. The Christian is drawn into the love of God, not for the mere satisfaction of the Christian alone, not not just for us, but the gift of the Holy Spirit leads to an overflowing that opens up to others. The Holy Spirit makes us fertile in sharing the faith with others. And so having received the love of God, it overflows towards others. And here's something of the action of the Holy Spirit for us. It draws us into the life and love of God and then drives us out into the world to share that life and love of God with others. So in the first reading, we hear about the Apostle Philip, who'd been chased out of Jerusalem and has fled to Samaria. 
But this growing persecution didn't discourage Philip. Instead, he saw this growing persecution as an opportunity to preach. So, among the Samaritans, Philip proclaimed that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Messiah. And this is the first beginnings of the missionary work of the church, to go and to proclaim Jesus. And this proclamation, this is a work of the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit that prompts Philip to proclaim Christ, and the Spirit makes his preaching fruitful. Now, this might make us a little uncomfortable. But as Christians, open to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we too, we need to be attentive like Philip to the moments when we're asked to proclaim Jesus as the Christ, as the Lord of our lives. Now, it's uncomfortable for us because we prefer generally in our modern times to to relegate religion to the private sphere. It's part of your personal preference or your taste. And there's no reason why you should like the things that I like. It's just that you don't have the same taste for it that I do. So I shouldn't go around promoting my taste over yours. I don't go around proclaiming my great love for ricotta-filled cannoli. That's my private preference, and I don't want to shove my preferences down other people's throats. But the work of the Spirit in the church challenges this relegation of faith to the private sphere. The Spirit prompts us to proclaim Jesus. Certainly not to cram the gospel down other people's throats, but the gospel isn't my private possession. The Holy Spirit prompts us to share the faith we have discovered, to allow this love to truly overflow. And so when we turn to the second reading today, we hear St. Peter say, always have an answer ready for people who ask you the reason for the hope that you all have. People are going to want to know why you're hopeful. They're going to want to know why you're not overcome by uncertainty, why suffering and difficulty don't overwhelm you. They're going to ask why you see your life under the guidance of Jesus, the Good Shepherd, who loves you. St. Peter says to us today, you're going to look weird to other people. Weird, weird in an attractive way. So you need to be ready with an answer. You need to be ready, says St. Peter, to share your faith, to be able to articulate it, to defend it, to support it with reason. And the Holy Spirit gives us the capacity to prepare a reason for the hope that we have, to be able to witness to the truth of the gospel which we've received. This doesn't mean that we don't have to study our faith, of course, but the Spirit makes possible this proclamation and it makes our words fruitful. When Philip proclaims Jesus as the Messiah, this proclamation is accompanied by great signs and miracles, the kinds of miracles that Jesus himself performed among us. And as a result, there was great rejoicing in that town. Philip boldly proclaims the gospel and allows the power of the Spirit to flow through him. And the end result is joy. Joy is the sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit because joy is a fruit of love. We can see this in the lives of the saints. All too often we get the impression that the saints were serious to the point of being tedious or or boring. But what's interesting is that when the Vatican starts to investigate the holiness of a person, whether or not they're going to be made into a saint, one of the investigations they make is to look for evidence of joy in the life of the saint or the would-be saint. 
because that's the mark of the presence of the Spirit. Now, of course, joy isn't the same thing as a kind of naive optimism. But it's born of the presence of the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit, which is the love shared between the Father and the Son. And that it becomes God's active power, which guides us through life's toughest moments. We're being prepared now by the church for the celebration of the Feast of Pentecost. Because... At this time, we'll we'll re-examine the gift that we've received in the Holy Spirit. That great gift of sharing in the breath of love between the Father and the Son. But at the same time, we're called to be attentive to the Holy Spirit, to listen to its promptings. Because this love which we have received calls us to be fruitful, to proclaim the gospel, and to bring others to share in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the gift of God's love, and the Holy Spirit makes the church fruitful. The signs of the presence of the Holy Spirit in me are love, joy, and the fruitful proclamation of the gospel. And where we lack in any of these, let's pray earnestly in this lead-up to Pentecost. Come, Holy Spirit. And now let's together profess our faith by praying the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the the Father Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.
And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.